Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I am your host, Katherine Skinner, her. Um, fun fact about my name, because I have gotten a little few, a few questions about it. Um, before I dive into today's episode, I thought that I would clarify that. Um, as soon as I introduced myself, I was like, oh, I guess I'll explain that. Um, okay, so um, many of you may know me as Katie Skinner. That is that is uh, that is my name. <laughs> uh, Skinner is my father's last name. Her, not pronounced hair. Many people mispronounce this. Her is my husband's last name, Evan. Evan Her. Um, and like Her's Chips, if you're familiar with the Pennsylvania area, Her's Chips, same deal. Um, <laughs> uh, Catherine is my legal name and Katie is what I decided when I was four years old that I wanted to be called. Um, growing up, I always felt like Catherine was too boring, quote unquote. It sounded too formal. And I don't know, I guess I just wanted to be cool, you know, I just wanted to be a cool, cool girl and, uh, be called Katie. Um, in 2016, around the time that I graduated college, I felt so much more in alignment with the name Catherine. And I think growing up, I always knew like, okay, um, (laughs) uh, I don't want to be Katie forever. Like, am I going to be a grown woman in my career? I always envisioned myself being like a doctor or something. Like, are people going to call me Katie? Well, hopefully they would have called me like Dr. Skinner. Or whatever, but I'm not a doctor, and most people do call me Katie. Um, but I think that I, um, I, I just around 2016, I felt I, I started um, trying out the name Catherine, and it just like I didn't really enforce it, it didn't really stick. But I tried it out at work. I used to work um, at a nine to five job, and I was answering phones, and I found that when I answered as Catherine, like "Thank you for calling wherever. This is Catherine." Versus, like, this is Katie. Like, I swear to God, people treated me so much differently. They treated me like an adult. <laughs> they treated me with respect. And when I introduced myself as Katie, um, they treated me <laughs> like, where's your where's your boss, honey? Um, and that was, like, a lot of confirmation for me. Not that I need to, like, change my name based off of, um, you know, <laughs> uh, based off of... Um, what what some stranger on the phone thinks but um i just felt so much more in alignment with the name Catherine, um and i actually told the story that i was trying to go by Catherine at a yoga teacher training in 2018 um i had changed my name on facebook to Catherine. it didn't really change anything um <laughs> but it's my legal name i mean like that's my name it's like that's what it says on my driver's license um and there's been so many awkward moments where People have called me Catherine because it's like on my legal document. But then I'm like, oh, please just call me Katie. And then like they forget and they'll call me Catherine again. And then it's like awkward. <laughs> so I'm like, what if what if I just went by Catherine? Um, completely. Like what what is that that adjustment? Like, would that be awkward? Would that be fine? Um, because keep in mind, like everyone called me Katie. Like it wasn't just like my friend, you know? Um so it was everybody. So there's the story there. Um, so back to the yoga teacher training that I brought up. Um, I was in a yoga teacher training and I told that story that I was trying to be called Catherine. And it wasn't until the last day of that weekend that that particular instructor, the master trainer, 
um, that particular instructor, um, told me, kind of gave me feedback on my, my, you know, they give you feedback at the end of the weekend. Um, and the feedback she gave me was like, just be Katie. Don't try to be Catherine, just be Katie. And I think, I think now (laughs) she was trying to make commentary on like, um, she was trying to make like a commentary on like, you know, be true to yourself and don't be who like society wants you to be. I think that's like what she was telling me. But her delivery sounded like very, it was really um, short and like, you know, she didn't have a ton of time. She had a lot of feedback to give to everybody. (laughs) Um, So she just said like, don't be Catherine, be Katie. And to me, for some reason, I was like, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to be Katie. (laughs) And so I went another few years again being Katie. And I didn't really like hate it. But like every time someone called me Catherine, I would just feel like, oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. That's my name. That's Catherine. It's my name. Um, and so I just kind of thought like, you know what? Let's just be Catherine. Not a big deal. Who cares? It's fine. Just be Catherine. So that's me. Um, this is, My name is Catherine. So uh, Catherine Skinner, her. Um, I'm actually, between you and me, I'm actually considering legally changing my name to her. Um, Evan and I got married in 2017 and I did not legally change my name because I just didn't feel like I had the time. I did not have the time. Um, and so I'm gonna just change it to Catherine Her. That pretty soon will be my legal name. Um, Skinner's a really cool name. Um, and most growing up, most people knew me as Katie Skinner and I just like, wasn't ready to like lose that. Like Katie, her, like who is that? (laughs) Uh, or Catherine, her rather. Uh, it just felt like an identity shift that I wasn't ready for. There goes my dog. Anyway. Okay. We're back. Um, so today's episode on the Be Your Own Muse podcast is going to be about dreams. It's part two to my, uh, episode of few episodes back, not too many, but it talks about like how to interpret your dreams um, and the importance of interpreting your dreams. And I'll get really way more into it in this episode, but this was something that I was really skeptical about for a really long time. Even once I dived into like energy work and like working with psychics and like all that kind of like mystical woo-woo stuff, um, (laughs) I still was like not totally convinced about dreams. But it wasn't until that experience that I talked about in that podcast episode that I was like, oh, maybe it's time to take, uh, like, you know, take heed. (laughs) Um, Even as a psychology major, we study dreams a lot. So uh, this episode is absolutely for you if you are interested in expanding your creativity, um, interested in kind of connecting with your subconscious, that that part of you that's unseen, maybe un- misunderstood. Um, and just if you, if you feel like you're getting these nudges and these pokes to kind of pay attention and look over here and you're really interested in living a life that others do not live or interested in living a life that you previously did not live, you're, you're looking to go into sites unseen. This is definitely the episode for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast chicken soup for the weary artist, the content creator, and the vision holder's soul. I'm your host, Katie Skinner. Are you an artist, an entrepreneur, or a recovering perfectionist who wants the secret to boundless inspiration and to never experience any creative blocks ever again? It's my radical belief that the best way to achieve this is to get more acquainted with yourself and your own uniqueness first. 
In this podcast, I flip the script on the belief that everything we need to succeed and to be great is outside of ourselves. I challenge outdated paradigms that slow our excitement for our work, and I share anecdotes, stories, and inspirational tips and pep talks to fuel your passion, productivity, and success. Permission to look at your work, everything you've accomplished, and yourself in a new light starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, If you hear any birds chirping in the background, um, it's because there are. (laughs) I'm sitting in my back porch here in Las Vegas um, and there's a lot of bird feeders around here and we're seeing a lot of birds. They they just are and um, I very much welcome them. Fun fact, I actually used to be afraid of birds. I mean, if you think about it, they're pretty freaky. Like, I also grew up in... um, the cities majorly. I was majorly spent most of my um, growing formidable years in cities. And um, the birds that you see there were usually pretty dirty and enormous and like aggressive. (laughs) Uh, So sitting out here in my backyard in Las Vegas um, with these nice birds, these nice goldfinches, hummingbirds, uh, doves. I'm not sure what else. I'm not a huge bird person, but that's kind of what I've picked up on. Uh, my personal favorite are the hummingbirds. Um, I have a story about hummingbirds and their significance to me. Um, but we'll get into that later. But uh, for now, just kind of imagine that you're here in my backyard in Las Vegas if you want. Uh, palm trees are casting shade over me and it's peaceful. The sky is like a beautiful blue. It's like um, periwinkle almost, Um, but it's like almost noon. So the sun is up. It's not too hot yet. It's like the middle of May right now. Um, And my dogs, Jazz and Cornbread, as well as my parents' dogs, Rocket and Teleport, are just kind of like meandering in and out. You might hear the... the, um, the doggy door kind of like slap open and closed. Um, so just envision it as like ambiance if it if you hear it in the background. Um, hopefully it doesn't disturb any of you. I typically try to keep my studio space very quiet and peaceful, but I figured like, hey, why not? Um, so today I want to follow up on that my last podcast about dream work um, and being in your your dreams and the significance of tracking them and recording them and um I want to follow up with you all on two stories two more stories of how my dreams have just been blowing my mind lately um and I want to say again that I used to be a big skeptic of dreams I remember I was gifted a book when I was, <laughs> now that I think about it, hang on, that sentence just sounds really, really funny. A skeptic of dreams. I should specify and say like a skeptic of the, like putting so much significance in your dreams. Um, I mean, as many of you know, I was a psychology major um, and I took uh, AP psychology in high school. And I remember in both of these these um, learning environments, uh, we talked a lot about dreams and um, I think I spent like an entire quarter on dreams, like studying dreams and what is the significance. And the scientific explanation of dreams is like mostly um, that your dream, your your brain is bored. You know, your brain is bored and it's just trying to like entertain itself. And that was like my biggest takeaway. I really thought that dreams were just a solution to boredom. Um, 
And it wasn't until Carl Jung, I might be butchering this a little bit, but I do know that Carl Jung for sure um, was a psychiatrist from Switzerland. And he really revolutionized the talk around the subconscious mind, meaning the subconscious mind is bigger and more powerful than the conscious mind. Um, I'm sure you're familiar. The subconscious mind is like the, the, the bottom of the iceberg and the conscious mind is the tip of the iceberg, meaning what we, we consciously think, like the words we use, you know, the, the thoughts we think are really just 5% of the picture. Um, and the subconscious is like who we really, really are. And I have been studying that for a long time. I've always been fascinated with psychology. I always knew I was going to major in psychology when I was growing up. Um, and I like to think that now I'm doing exactly I'm I'm really doing the work in my field. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a job in my field. I just made it myself. Um, anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about um, about my previous experience with um, my my impression of dreams was just that like it was just the subconscious mind entertaining itself, and then Carl Jung over here he was saying that. Um, the dreams are actually subconscious symbols being put into your mind to communicate a message to you. So like I said, the conscious mind might not entirely understand understand really what's going on below the surface or there's things that you don't really understand what's going on. That's why people, that's why people get like interpretations of dreams. Like your teeth falling out means you have anxiety. Your subconscious mind communicates to you in symbols. So that's why it communicated to you the idea of showing up to school without any clothes on and everyone's laughing at you. And that's why you had a dream about that, because the only way that your subconscious mind can communicate with you is through symbols, through dreams, through, um, you know, these like weird things that we can't really explain. And I mean, I could talk about a whole other podcast episode is like just on the subconscious mind. Um, but I, I mean, I was wrong. The when I thought that dreams were just kind of pictures really it is your brain trying to tell you something through imagery through symbols and that's why symbols are an end and um archetypes and pictures and like i mean i'm thinking of like big symbols in our society like angels demons um like i think tarot you know like there's all those symbols in tarot and our subconscious mind loves that because it's symbology to explain what's already in the subconscious mind. Um, so I was wrong. <laughs> Dreams are really, really important. Um, and I talked in my last episode about how I had a dream. I had many, many dreams that were warning me against a friend. I had these these, they're all, they'll also typically be gentle. That's it. That's one way the subconscious mind communicates to you is that it typically communicates to you very gently at first, at least. And if you don't listen to it, then the, the symbols get a little bit more aggressive over time have been, has been my, um, experience with it as well. <laughs> uh, the subconscious attempting to warn you can sometimes manifest as illness. Um, so for example, if you know that you need a break and you're not taking a break and you know you need a day off and you just keep saying like, oh, I just need a day off. I want to go hang out. I want to do what I want. I want to go to the park. I want to go to the museum. <laughs> and you never take the day off. Your subconscious mind will cue your body to get sick. 
and you'll feel sick and then you'll stay home from work and then there's your day off. (laughs) So the subconscious mind typically at first communicates very gently um, and then it gets louder over time and that's when like these weird things happen. Um, I mean I could talk about (laughs) this is something I could really talk about but okay so um, in my last podcast episode talking about dreams I talked about how typically no scratch that I talked about how um my dreams were warning me of this friend of mine it was like implanting little things in my brain like hey look out for this person um you know requesting that I pay more attention to this 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 friendship I was so concerned about growing my business at the time and moving in because I had just moved to Washington DC Um, I was growing my coaching business at the time and my copywriting business. Um, and my subconscious mind cued me through dreams. And I talk all about this in the other episode, um, to pay attention. Um, and I kind of would wake up the next morning feeling like, huh, that's weird, but okay. Like the seed has definitely been planted, but I need more proof. Um, and I started to get more proof from that friendship, um, and I would sometimes ask other people, like, what do you think? Um, I would ask, like, friends or, or other people or, like, impartial third parties, like, what do you think I should do? And the general response that I got typically was, like, oh, well, you know, if no boundaries are really being crossed or, like, if she didn't do anything bad, then it's fine. Like, you know, but I just, I kept feeling over and over again that like this friendship was just not in alignment with me. And I didn't want to end a friendship based off of a hunch, you know? But then I remembered something that my therapist told me a few years prior that I don't think I would have remembered if it weren't for this dream, these dreams planting this seed. Um, I was working many jobs back then. I think I had three. <laughs> I had like a full-time job and two part-time jobs. And, um, my therapist asked me once, well, when are you going to take a break? When are you going to scale back? When are you going to like take time off? When are you going to say enough is enough? And when are you going to rest? Like, where is your rest time? Where's your play time? And I said, when I collapse, (laughs) I mean, I really was like, well, you, you know, you know, when enough is enough when you collapse, right? Like, I I heard so many stories of people who like ended up in the hospital because of burnout and I wasn't in that place yet. So I felt like, what's the harm? And she was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You take proactive steps to improving the situation before, (laughs) like way before that happens. Like that's what your intuition is for. Your intuition says something is wrong. It communicates to you subconsciously through symbols and imagery and like, all the things. And, you know, I'm sitting here telling my therapist, like, oh, when I get hit over the head with a hammer, then maybe I'll start to consider slowing down. Um, and we never know when that is too late. So I thought about that and I thought, okay, why would I wait for proof that this is a bad friend? When, when I already do feel like all these alarms and all these red flags are just going off constantly. Like when we're together, I am feeling constant red flags going. Um, and it just it, like it never, ever felt right. Um, it felt and it, and and it wasn't until I had a dream and I tell the story in my last episode, if you're more interested in that story. Um, but 
the kind of end of it, the spoiler ending was that I had a dream um, that gave me a visual of what is happening in my brain when I'm around this person. Um, So even though in physical 3D reality, it looks like, oh, you guys are best friends and you do everything together and you just seem so happy. But what was happening like on an energetic psychological level, um, that's what my brain showed me um, in in this dream and spoiler alerts um just to kind of not I don't want to like tease you guys and be like well you got to go listen to that episode (laughs) um but if you want to you can you can get more full picture of what happened um but spoiler alert the dream that I had was I was looking in the mirror in my dream and I saw this like black starfish on my head and the starfish it like looked like a starfish shape um, and it was like on my head and it was like draining my, my, my energy, my creative energy, my, my thoughts, my, my joy, like just all the things that I was working so hard to put in. Um, okay. I got cut off. Where was I? Um, I just, I saw that this like black starfish was really just like slurping up my joy. Um, and I, I realized like, okay. I've, I've gotten the, I've gotten the the messages. I hear you loud and clear. And I really am starting to see, um, the parallels in real life. And for anybody listening and thinking that maybe there's a chance that I, um, just kind of cut someone off because they were making me uncomfortable or because I had a tiny little hunch that didn't go checked, um, I also want to mention that like I was personally doing a lot of deep internal work at this time. I was doing lots of shadow work. I was working with somebody one-on-one and I was answering the question like, what is this, what is this trying to teach me? What is this experience teaching me? And why is this person triggering me so much? Um, That's definitely something that I was working on behind the scenes with somebody who was not doing that work herself. It's not like she on the other side was doing that as well. Um, so I think I learned my lesson, like what specifically attracted me to this person, what, um, like on a friendship level, like what made me feel safe in a friendship with this person? What am I benefiting from by ignoring all of these red flags? Like what's the benefit that you're getting and what's the consequence? So that's just kind of like a little disclaimer that like, I didn't just say like, Oh, not for me, not in my pleasure, (laughs) you know? Um, which if you feel like something is off, like you're in your right to do what you want. <laughs> um, but I am always an advocate for doing the internal work, asking yourself, how is this serving me? How is this benefiting me? And what are the consequences if I continue to do so? Um, so anyway, um, just last night, two nights ago, actually, two nights ago, um, I had two really vivid dreams. I slept for like 13 hours, I think, just to like just because like I didn't set an alarm the other day so like sometimes my body just wants to sleep that much because I feel like I'm just having these like really intense dreams and my 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 brain just like wants to process it and then like not just your brain but like your body I mean your brain can send all the chemicals into your body to like internalize this message and that's what's happening when you feel like a full body identity shift um So yeah, (laughs) anyway, um, I had two dreams and I'll start with, um, the first one. Okay. So the first dream, um, I had this dream that I was in this like office, uh, where it was, I was working, I had my laptop and my headphones and whatever. And I was like doing work and it was like a co-working space office, of course. And, um, 
in the office were all of my ex-boyfriends with along with me except for one and I tell the story the one is pretty obvious is the one that I talked about in my previous podcast episode the one that I talked about how I broke up with um and then I found my joy (laughs) he wasn't there because this doesn't apply to him but all of my like um all of my like ex-boyfriends who I felt like, and I didn't really think about this until after that I like kind of analyzed the dream, like journaled on it later. Every boyfriend who was in that office space with me was somebody who I felt like we ended things off in a, on a foot that was like, where I felt less than. So we, we broke up or whatever. He broke up with me, whatever. And I left that relationship feeling like, oh, I'm just not good enough. So that's an important detail. Um, a lot of people talk about like the delicious ex-girlfriend moment where like you just feel so empowered and you're like, you're missing out and I'm so, you know, whatever. Like I, you know, I, I never got that. I never really got to have that like vindictive like ex-girlfriend moment. Typically what happened was, um, you know, we broke up and then I just kind of internalized this idea of like, well, if you were, if you were, if you were better, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened. Um, and it wasn't until I like met Evan that I realized like it doesn't matter because it all prepared me for this relationship. And my relationship with Evan is like absolutely perfect. I mean, it really is. Um, it's everything I, I worked up for. It's everything I dreamed it to be. It's better than I could have dreamed it up to be. Um, definitely a, a manifestation, a creation of of my relationship experiences. Anyway, so, okay, office space. We're in this office space. And I'm, like, co-working with, like, all of my ex-boyfriends. And (laughs) um, every time that, like, we run into each other, whether it's, like, in the hallway or, like, getting coffee or whatever, um, they, like, say something flirtatious to me or, like, joke about, like, hey, you free tomorrow Friday night? Just kidding. I have plans. Like, I know you're with Evan. Or one time one of them... Um, I was like in the break room or whatever and one of them like got down on one knee and like looked like he was going to propose to me and I was like what are you doing and he was like just kidding like I just had to tie my shoe you know like they were just like being very flirtatious with me um and like rubbing it off as like whatever (laughs) you know uh it's it's not a big deal um I was just joking um and I like constantly kept them all kept kept catching them while staring at me and like pretending like they were working but they were actually staring at me um and that's all that I remember from that dream um but my analysis of that dream and like the 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 feeling that you have after the dream I think that's a really important piece of like the analysis and like what it means and like what your body processed while you were sleeping um my analysis of that dream um very much (laughs) was that whatever was said like whatever fights that we had or whatever was said during the breakup or like however I felt after the breakup I mean I was like I don't know young very young relatively um I mean I've been with Evan for eight years now so like I mean (laughs) I was pretty young during all of these relationships um but whatever was said it doesn't matter because now they are like in this dream they express themselves to be remorseful of having missed out on me, quote unquote. And, um, like, you know, just like realizing, 
what they missed out on. And like, I was in this space of like, what are you doing? Like, why are you staring at me? What are you doing? Because I was, I am in this place of just like complete joy and surrender and satisfaction in my current marriage that I didn't feel affected or triggered or anything by these relationships. Um, Fun fact, a few of my um, exes reached out to me again after our breakup just to kind of like talk to me again and like talk about like, you know, kind of have a, have a closure conversation. And I remember those conversations being really triggering. Like they were just too soon. It was just too soon to talk about that kind of stuff afterward. Um, and, um, and, but now I'm like, you know, I've been married for almost four years. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I really don't feel triggered at your existence or like tempted by your, your, flirtatious offering (laughs) because even though you left me feeling very very uh less than like you know I I felt after a lot of my relationships that like I had this affection I had this approval um but it was taken away from me by someone who has control over my worth um and it took me a really long time to get over that um And it wasn't until just, like, receiving years and years of Evan's unconditional love and, like, seeing how um, happy happy I am and how happy he makes me and, like, how in control of my own joy and worthiness I am um, that I'm able to kind of transmute that pain. So my interpretation is a dream. I woke up feeling like, huh, like, okay, I feel like this, this, this door has been closed, like, really. And it wasn't even, like, I was really consciously ever thinking about any of my exes, like, ever. But I think my subconscious mind just wanted to tie off this loose end completely. Um, and maybe point a little bit, like, giving me, giving me a little bit of, like, atten- putting, putting, pointing attention towards maybe I had just been carrying this unworthiness with me for so long. And I know from my work with hyp- hypnosis and with the subconscious mind and all the things I know that when a relationship makes you feel unworthy even if you're quote unquote over that person um you still carry that unworthiness with you and like you're just looking for something else to fill the hole or 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 in my case this is what I did I felt I felt like I just wasn't like I I just kind of like numbed myself to feel ever feeling quote unquote worthy like okay you know someone took something from me so it felt um I am I am just not worthy period like that's okay and like being in this place of like okay that's fine um but I think that this dream whether or not like I, I doubt that any of my exes ever even think about me you know what I mean like that's not what this is about this is not about me saying like oh they're still in love with me but I think that the the subconscious imagery of what I saw in my dream and what you know what that meant like the feeling I had when I woke up was relief um like I took my power back and I think certain symbols and certain visuals really can assist with that um and the important part here is that I don't take this as a sign to like call them or anything like that because it goes back to me saying like I am grounded and I'm peaceful and I'm happy and I'm I'm in my current relationship and that visual imagery did not trigger me to do anything um I don't feel like anything needs to be done, but rather I just took my power back. Um, so that's 
where I don't know if you've ever heard this in like manifestation talk or, um, you know, what have you, but like people say, visualize your ideal reality in order to have what you want. Um, and some people have a hard time with that part. Uh, and I think that dreams sometimes will, will assist you with that. They'll give you the visual imagery that you need sometimes in order to get closer to your ideal reality. Um, so this dream really helped me forgive my ex-boyfriends. I don't know why, but like, it really just made me feel like, huh, like they're people too. Maybe they didn't really mean what they said. Like it just put that into perspective. Like maybe the things that they said, like, uh, one of my ex-boyfriends called me a lot of names and told me I was worthless. And to see him in a dream, like want me back in an essence, like really just made me realize like, maybe, maybe that's not totally true. And maybe, um, I don't know, like maybe, (laughs) maybe there's more sides to the story or like more space in my brain to think of an alternative reality other than this man took something away from me. Um, And it also made me think, of course, the patterns, like why was I in a room full of people who all left me feeling like I'm less than like, why did that happen so many times? Um, So anyway, that was a really interesting thing to process. Um, The next thing was the next dream. I had a dream that one of my former friends, um, the one that I actually mentioned at the beginning of this podcast episode, actually, um, I had a dream that she, uh, okay, this is going to sound really morbid and I just like kind of laughing at myself. It's going to sound really silly, uh, but bear with me. Um, I had a dream that she died and I saw like all, all over social media, like our previous friend group, um, you know, posting on social media and like texting me and being like, Hey, um, you know, she died (laughs) and I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing at like, just the, the, what our subconscious does to like teach us these lessons. Like it's not, it's not funny, but that's why I'm laughing. It's like, just wow. Like I'm like, wow. Okay. So, okay. So she died. Um, her service is going to be on this place at this day. Um, please make it if you can. I saw all over social media, people like posting pictures of her being like, um, you know, remembering her life and remembering all the good she did. And this is also somebody keep in mind who has wronged me severely. Um, and who I had to go with my gut to no longer be friends with. Um, also, (laughs) um, I, I had to confront in my dreams, the visuals of like her being celebrated in this way and all that. Um, and the feeling I had was just like love. I was like, I'm, I'm, I loved her because I did. Um, and I'm so sorry that this happened. And I saw her like current friend group suffering, her family suffering. And I, I was really sad. I really felt like this sense of like desire to celebrate her life and that she did not, I felt no bone in my body felt, um, like she deserved any of that. Um, and that, um, I, I wished all of her, her friends success. I wished her family love. Um, I like shared my piece on social media in my dream. Um, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really sad that this happened. Um, no, I felt no regret for having ended the friendship. 
um, because I didn't want, I, I, I didn't like my interpretation is that there's no part of me that regrets this because I, I am not interested in excusing what happened. Um, but you know, nobody deserves to die or like, I didn't feel gr- gratitude that she died. I felt peace and love and sadness and like grief. And that was the dream that I had when I woke up, you know, like when you wake up and you're like, oh, this dream is like fresh in my brain. And I immediately like journaled out these two dreams that really stood out to me um, in one night. And I think apparently you have like thousands of dreams a night, but those are the two that I really, really remembered. So anyway, uh, the feeling I had of peace and sadness and all the things that I just mentioned I think my subconscious mind like gave me that imagery, gave me that story to live through so that I would feel what real forgiveness feels like. Like, what does forgiveness feel like? It feels like, you know how people say like, uh, forgive somebody for yourself, not because of any, like what they did was suddenly acceptable, but, um, Sorry, Cornbread was sneezing. There he goes. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's like lying in the grass here with me. Um, so his belly is up facing the sun. He loves to be in the sun. I wish I could send you all a picture right now. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, to forgive, um, if, you're ancient, if you're familiar with the, like the ancient Hawaiian, like, uh, you know, mantra of forgiveness is hono, pono, pono. Um, or to make right twice. Um, and the, the mantra that the Hawaiians use is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I'm not going to get too much into that right now because I could really talk about that for a long time. But um, to make right twice to me really means like to end the suffering there. Um, and... I really, really, really felt at massive peace when I woke up. It was like, I think the imagery, the subconscious imagery of this person having been dead, which is pretty morbid, but I think that really like solidifies this closure. Like, I'm not going to like try and call her and like make things right or anything like that because I know that we're beyond that. I don't think that's an option anymore. Um, but <laughs> cornbread keeps sneezing. I don't know if you can hear that, but it's so cute. Um, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I, I really feel like that helped me a lot. Um, I'd like, and it's not so much about the story or the symbols or the, you know, the dream, but like how you feel when you wake up. And I just felt like, wow, I'm really grateful to have known her. But that door is closed, right? Um, And, you know, she has other friends now and she's moved on. And that's just really amazing. (laughs) So um, I want to like, I wanted to record this podcast kind of as a follow-up to the previous one about dreams. Just to kind of give you more examples of how... um, how this works and how your brain will just tell you some weird stuff. And um, if you're interested in getting more in contact with your dreams, getting more in contact, getting more um, 
kind of paying more attention to your dreams. Um, I gave a few tips in the last episode, but I also want to add on like having a nighttime routine, um, maybe having a meditation before bed, having hypnosis before bed, listening to like a hypnotic track before bed, um, or just like getting into yourself into a place of stillness. Um, I really recommend yoga nidra. Um, if you're interested in yoga nidra, I actually have one that I really particularly recommend. Um, in a previous podcast episode, I interviewed Jessica Jakes. It's the one about yoga and entrepreneurship. Um, if you go to her, if you're interested in going to her YouTube channel, she has like a chakra opening yoga nidra. It's like short, it's like 20 minutes. I think she has one that's like an hour long. There's one that's like 20 minutes long. Um, highly recommend the 20 minute one. Um, I've shared it with a few of my friends and I'm not just saying this because she's my friend. I actually like really do recommend it. Um, but of course, if you look up on YouTube, yoga nidra, N-I-D-R-A, um, it's yoga, but also meditation. Um, so you're not doing poses. You're just like holding corpse pose the entire time. It's really effective. I think every time I have a, um, I do yoga nidra before going to bed, I really, really like I sleep really heavy. (laughs) Also baths, taking baths, like at least twice a week is like my ritual. I take Epsom salt baths, um, at least twice a week. Um, and that has just really made me more in connection with my sleep. Um, anybody who used to know me, like, <laughs> I want to say five to ten years ago, oh, man, this was not me at all. Like, I was the most neurotic, like, sleep-deprived person. I think we all kind of were in college. Um, but now I'm, like, so connected to my sleep. I'm so connected to my dreams. Um, so connected to, like, my nighttime routine, my morning routine. Like, nothing can stop me from me in my sleep because... Um, sometimes, like I said earlier at the beginning of this podcast, um, I definitely joke about how, uh, sometimes I sleep in like a lot (laughs) by a lot. And it's not because I'm like lazy or like I took a sleeping pill or, or like, uh, anything like that. I, I really do feel sometimes like it's like my body is doing hard work while I'm sleeping and it like needs to finish. (laughs) Um, so sometimes I, I sleep like 13 hours, 10 to 13 hours. Um, not always, of course, because once you find yourself in this like healthy rhythm, you typically like eight to nine hours is like how much I sleep generally. Um, but I also feel like a lot of that is like my body kind of unprogramming a lot of the trauma from only sleeping like four hours a night when I was in college. Um, (laughs) yeah, when I was in college, I did not, I did not get good sleep. Um, part of that is like from all the stress um, all the alarms, always an alarm set. Right. Um, and the amount of coffee I drink, like you, you're not going to get good quality sleep when there's like that much coffee and alcohol in your system. Um, so I hope that that was a lot of tools, enough tools and tricks and, um, what have you to really get started on connecting with your own sleep, connecting with your own dreams. Um, and if you feel, this is a really like a big tip that really helped me If you feel when you're like recalling your dreams or writing down your dreams or like kind of connecting with like the subconscious symbols in your brain, if you feel like um, you're making something up and you're like, I don't know, I can't, you can't go back into your dream and like fact check, (laughs) you know, but if you ever feel like "Ah, that could have happened, but I don't really remember, um, I would say roll with it. Like allow yourself to roll with it because in, in conscious reality, we're so concerned about um, 
we're so concerned about like fact checking and like everything being making sense that we're so disconnected from our subconscious. Our subconscious works with intuition and our conscious really works with logic uh, and, and emotion, brute, like brute emotion. <laughs> when I say brute emotion, I mean like in the moment emotion. Um, so if you ever feel like you're, um, if you ever feel like you are making something up, I would say roll with it and allow yourself to dream. Like when you're listening to a kid telling a story or something like that, like you're, are you going to like fact check them every time? Like, oh really? You saw a unicorn? Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, or are you just going to be like, oh yeah. And then what else? Oh yeah. What color was his wings? Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like do the same thing with your dreams and you'll find that your imagination just expands. And if you are an artist and your livelihood, your joy, your desire depends on, um, your imagination and your ability to create, this is especially for you. Um, so that's all for now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, have a great day. I love you. I hope you sleep, sleep so well. Hey y'all. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I want to tell you about a new project I'm currently working on that is designed to serve you at a very affordable level, but gives you tons of support and value. So I'm currently working on a new Patreon, um, a Patreon, this, this membership style platform, something that I've been thinking about for a really long time, but I want to make it to support the imagination, the creativity and the well-being of artists, um, like you and, and anybody who is, who is here. Um, if you resonate with the content of my podcast, I am working on this membership to support you. Um, and I'm currently creating it. I'm currently in creation mode. I have not started, um, selling spots for it yet. Um, but I really want to be of great value. So what I currently have in there is meditations, um, hypnoses, journal prompts, as well as a discord chat where we can chat in, um, and kind of get to know each other in there as well as videos and deeper dives, um, explaining topics that I wouldn't really feel comfortable explaining on social media for free. Um, and it's not about the money, mind you, it's, it's more about, um, putting content in front of people who have elected to see it and I know and trust will will honor it and and learn from it rather than just kind of judgy people on the internet who just want to start a fight um so there I'll be putting deeper dives and answer Q and A's um and I'll be creating a lot to support you on your journey so if there's anything any questions that you might have or anything that you really feel like you'd like to see from me please let me know you can send me an Instagram DM um at funky Aphrodite, all one word, or you can send me an email, katie at namastecreative.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I really can't wait to hear your feedback. And I will let you all know, keep you all updated as soon as the Patreon is complete.